Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. Welcome. Uh, you know, I don't want to say welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast because I, I always do that open in the podcast when I'm editing the thing anyway. So, hey, guys, we're glad that you're here. You look confused. Is your okay. internet working? <laughs> I was gonna say I should hope people know where they are. And like, well, true, true. They, unless, like unless process to like get it. Well, the, it could be this could be your first foray into this podcast. You could have stumbled upon it. It could have been recommended to you via the other podcast that you listen to. You might have zero connection whatsoever to to who we are. And in that case, hey, we're glad that you're here. And we're excited to share with you uh, the stuff that's on our heart and mind uh, today. Um, we have, as is our custom, talked already for over an hour because that's what we do. Because we were catching up because we haven't talked all week. Um, but in the process, holy cow, just it's amazing how many things can can kind of jump into the middle of life um, unexpectedly, right? Uh, the things that you expect in your day, you know, you have a calendar. I was funny. A friend of mine said, I only have a calendar to see how I've deviated from my day, <laughs> um, which is Resonated. sometimes very true uh, of how days actually work out. But it's ironic, not ironic. What's the word? Coincidental. I don't believe in coincidences in this, in this regard, but Amanda and I have both been reading in the same chapter of scripture uh, this week. And so we thought, you know what, if, if both of us independent of one another, independent of having had any conversation whatsoever, have both arrived at this chapter of this book of the Bible, then that's probably the Bible book chapter yeah. verses that we should cover today. So pretty exciting stuff. At oh, least yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was cool that we were both in the same place. It's almost like we listened to the same guy. Yeah, almost. Same Holy Spirit. Yes. Same Holy Spirit. So we're actually, uh, for those of you who are probably like, okay, fine, just let us know what this is. Uh, Isaiah, the, the prophet Isaiah, it's in the Old Testament. In fact, um, in my Bible, if you open up the Bible to almost the, the dead center of the book, that's where Isaiah is. Um, I don't know about how yours is, but, uh, but yeah. Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Um, now I was reading... Uh, on a whim, actually, I was at the dog park this morning doing my quiet time with Cooper and um, read through a couple other passages. And then I'm like, you know what? Isaiah is calling my name. And so I opened it up and I said, yeah, looking at the chapters because I was on my phone. So I had a digital copy. I said, chapter 30 seems like I need to be reading chapter 30. And then I read it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Awesome stuff. So here it goes. I'm going to start at verse one and I'm going to read for a little while and then we'll talk about it. So it says, woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, keeping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials in Zoan and their envoys have arrived in Hanes, everyone will put, be put to shame because of a people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. Now I'm going to skip ahead because uh, the next little section is about animals of the Negev and I'm, it's very important, but that's not what I wanted to focus on today. 
So we're reading here that these obstinate children of Israel, this is the prophet Isaiah. So he's, he's prophesying. So prophets don't just necessarily prophesy the future, right? A lot of them simply say, this is what's going on and you need to return to the Lord because what you're doing is going to end badly because you're not following God's will. But if we skip down to verse eight, it says this, go now, write it on a tablet for them, inscribe it on a scroll for the, that for the days to come, it may be an everlasting witness. Keep a written record. Maybe that's a, that's an important um, thing. You know, we always say, make sure that you have written records of things in modern times, even in ancient times, they did too. Verse nine, for they are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. Does that sound familiar? They say to the seers, see no more vision. They say to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things. Prophesy illusions. Leave this way. Get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Whoa. Mm. We're going to keep going, but I want to pause there. Like that, I feel like we do the same thing now. Like, don't tell me what I don't want to hear. Right? Yeah. So I am. Um, yeah. Well, people, people sometimes say, oh, this, this, this world we're living in is the worst, right? I mean, just the most godless generation. Super not true. There's nothing new under the sun um and when i was studying this with my women's group last night um we were talking about how going our own way independence is humanity's default position we are always moving towards doing it on our own yeah and it takes a conscious effort to choose dependence on god because we do i mean ultimately we are dependent but we try to fool ourselves that we're not right. um and we are it's 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 a foolish thing right we're talking about i don't i don't want to hear any more bad news and i and i just mm-hmm. i reminded of a story that i had with my um with an older woman that i know and uh we were doing prayer time and she said can we just have any prayers that aren't bad news i was like probably not <laughs> You know, because prayer and, you know, but you just say, I'm just so tired of bad news. Um, And I get that. That's a very human type of thing. But then to turn around and say, I only want to hear the good. But sometimes our, especially our American culture right now, we have an aversion to feeling any feelings that aren't happy. Yeah. Um. And we just want, we just want to feel good and just have good news. And sometimes we do that at the cost of a, of actual happiness of act, which comes from truth, right? right? Which comes through dependence on God and the Israelites here, Isaiah is talking to them and he's just saying, um, pretty much you did this to yourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the mess you're in, you did it to yourself, but you're going about fixing it the wrong way. You're just choosing to, you know, avoid it, to pretend it didn't happen, to whatever it away. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, 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 you got to write this down. You got to write everything down. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and it's not, it's not okay. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far ahead in the thing. I almost yeah, did, but I did because well, yeah, it, it keeps going. <laughs> it's awesome. It's good stuff. <laughs> we just paused. We just paused at a verse eleven. But I, I, you know, it, it, it's so. That's that's the beauty of one of the beauties of scripture is that even though this this book was written a couple thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, and yet because humans, we don't really change over time. I mean technology changes and how we sin might change, but our, our heart, like where the motivations of sin come from, that hasn't changed. Right. Um, and so here you have a scripture that is written so many years ago, speaking truth today, just as much as it did back then, but leave this way, Mm -hmm. get off this path and stop confronting us with the Holy one of Israel. If, (laughs) We say that today. We don't say it in those exact words, but Hey, don't, don't confront me with the truth. Don't confront me with God. Don't con cause I don't want to hear it. That's you keep that to yourself. Right. What is the, what is the verse? There's a verse that says, um, where the gospel is like nails or like a, not nails on a chalkboard. That's not in the Bible, but what am I thinking of? An offense, an offensive. Yeah. Like, um, Sorry, butchering that, friends. <laughs> but for those who are who are perishing, um, the word of God is is unpleasant to them. That's a super paraphrase of what. But for those who um, are in Christ, it is the aroma of life, right? Yes. Um, but if people are people, we should not be surprised when people are offended by the truth of Scripture. That's kind of our default position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's way back. So that's the good news. Because in this hopeless thing, say, where is our hope? Right? And that is a really great place to be spiritually. Mm-hmm. Where is my hope? Yep. I cannot see it. I don't know where it is. I don't know how to get through this thing I'm facing. Yeah. Where is it? But there's like, I have great news. Yay. That's awesome. That's awesome. If we keep going, because it's it's fantastic. Again, Isaiah chapter 30, starting verse 12 now. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Because you have rejected this message, relied on oppression, and depended on deceit, this sin will become for you like a high wall, cracked and bulging, that collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break in pieces like pottery shattered so mercilessly that among its pieces, not a fragment will be found for even taking coals from a hearth or scooping water out of a cistern. What we as human beings tout up as our walls to protect ourselves, our walls of this is what I know. This is what I trust in. This is what I believe will shatter like so many pieces of clay that we can't even have shards large enough to help us with water or coals or scooping in any capacity. That's that's an image you can see in your brain. Mm-hmm. But how many of us do we put up these walls of protection, right? We put on these facades. We put on these um, fake fakeness, right? Yeah. Just say everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, when it super isn't fine, and it. And that's okay to like know that. 
I don't know. That's a hill I'm dying on today right now. Um, it's okay but, to feel your feelings, right? It's okay to, yes. to say you're not okay. It's okay to, to not know to, and right. And, and what I say is he, you're building this wall of fake, yeah. this wall of nicety, this wall of, um, in my version, I have NKJV. It says, but you trust in oppression and perversity, mm-hmm. a distortion of the truth. You have built this, this idea in your head of how life should be, and it's not real. Right. And when it all comes down, which it will, you will have nothing left to cling to, and you will be completely, completely exposed. Yeah. Yeah, we think that it's a strong tower, this this protection, this refuge, but the only actual refuge is Christ. The only actual right. refuge, the only place that we actually can find protection and solidity and something on which we can stand firm is Christ. It's like, you know, you, you were, you're in theater and you think about all those set pieces are intended mm. to look like something, but not be nearly as heavy as that thing, right? Right, right. And so I feel like that's what it is. It, like you said, it's entirely fake. It's we build these these stones or these walls or these, you know, the sin will become like a high wall cracked and bulging that collapses suddenly in an instant. And that's the challenge. If you've put all of your trust in this fake facade of a wall. And then something happens to demolish that in an instant, like suddenly just your world gets stripped bare. You have, you, you have nothing to cling to, but that's the, the Christ can be the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Christ is the, is the bedrock is the, the stone, the builders rejected. It's the thing you can cling to when your fake walls came tumbling down because they weren't real in the first place. Mm. Um, Last night I was telling my ladies a moment of vulnerability, Mm. um, which I'm a pretty open book. But so um, when I grew up, holidays were kind of a meh thing, right? Like we didn't, we didn't ever, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big deal. Any kind of holiday we just, kind of did whatever and and i um i used to love like when you're at the doctor's office looking at those better home things and i thought when i have a home i am going to put on the most beautiful christmas display this world has ever seen it's like all i it was like my main now i know you probably don't know that looking at me um but it, it was true I, and i did and so i got um when i had my own home for the first time i was newly married and i planned this immaculate christmas thing i i cleaned out every nook of my house i had this beautiful i had this beautiful table um and i had i had a handmade um little um pieces um with people's names on it i mean it was like so extra for like zero re- i was like so poor but i probably spent four hundred dollars on this dinner because it meant a lot to me for people to come in and go oh <gasps> Oh, right. I mean, I yeah. just, that's, I don't know, something I mean, craved it. And my sister called about an hour away and she said, Hey, I hope it's okay. I'm bringing my friend and her kids. It's going to be about five extra people. 
that's cool, right? And my insides go, no, it's not. Are you kidding? I have, I have planned out exactly this four course, beautiful meal. I have, I do not have time to go back to the craft store and craft a little thing for each person's seat. I'm not even doing, I have to pull out the metal chairs. Like this is a travesty. And I'm, but of course I said, yes it of course you can uh, the more the merrier right but inside i'm like totally dying and all of the joy that had been built up in this is like i'm being mean to my husband i mean i'm like smashing stuff around my kitchen i think i probably kicked my cat out of the way i'm just like turning into this horrible rage christmas monster and uh okay I, i'm not saying it's not my shining moment okay i'm just being honest and my husband said wait you're just gonna tell this and I'm thinking, I should call her back and say, I can't accommodate. And he was like, just what? <laughs> You're going to kick out a family on Christmas? And I'm like, but my centerpieces, right? And and he says, well, what does it matter? And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't say this out loud, but I'm like, what matters is people are not going to think I'm so amazing when they come into my house that I prepare this beautiful thing for them. And they're going to see a bologna sandwich and a metal chair and think I'm lame, right? And I hadn't admitted that to myself that that was my truest motivation up until that point. It a thousand percent was my motivation. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a fake facade, but you know, what was real inviting a family that didn't have anywhere to go in Christmas into my house was something that was real. Yeah. But this other thing, this, 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 this better homes and garden vision, I, it was fake. Right. It had, the presence, it had the presence of hospitality, but it had no substance. Mm. The presence of hospitality, but no substance. I like that. Yeah. And, and, um, and I, that always has kind of stuck me with when I, when I, when I go into perfectionism, which I tend to do. And I think, why, why, why do I want this to be this way? Why do I want, is it, is it about me? Is it fake? Is it this kind of, am I holding on to this oppressive, perverse vision of what I want things to be mm-hmm. that's fake? Or am I willing to to have it be the way that God wanted it? And the way that God wanted it was pulling out bologna sandwiches and metal chairs and celebrating, right? And, uh, and it was great. But that was kind of a vulnerable thing for me to think, why am I building up? this stuff that looks kind Mm. that looks godly that looks nice that looks beautiful um but it's it's a fake wall right and i think had i not had a wise husband to change my tune i don't think i would have been very hospitable to those people that ended up coming yeah i probably would have felt it and it probably would have been awkward and my sister would have probably apologized in the car on the way home you know yeah but luckily the Holy Spirit did not let me have that embarrassment. That's good. Wow. Yeah. And I'm a way more chill at Christmas, just in case anyone's wondering. Because <laughs> well, I have kids. I'm like, one of the things everything. about how life works, right, is we learn, in theory, we learn from those <laughs> those events, those situations. And we're humbled by them. And it helps to have those in our life who can um, not necessarily put us in our place, but put us in our place a little bit and say, mm, is this really how we should be acting? Is this really the, the aim here? Yeah. 
we keep reading verse 15 says and mm-hmm. i love it, it says this is what the sovereign lord the holy one of israel says and your your translation might be different than mine and i want us to read both of them but it says in repentance and rest is your salvation in quietness and trust is your strength but you would have none of it what is your saying mm. it says in returning and rest you'll be saved in quietness and conf- in quietness and confidence shall be your strength but you would not do it mm-hmm. so i looked mm-hmm. that up because i was curious about it um just because anytime you have a, a verse um, that says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. So uh, the words of God, but also you have in repentance and rest is your salvation. Yours is in returning and rest, you mm-hmm. will find salvation. So I looked it up because I'm like, that's interesting. This combination of repentance or returning and rest, like that's, it's an interesting combination. Well, that word returning in your translation and repentance in my translation, I couldn't tell you the Hebrew. I don't remember how to pronounce it at this point, but it is the only time in the entirety of the Old Testament that that Hebrew word is used. Oh, cool. It actually means um, a returning almost into retirement. Like you're stopping. Um, you're, you're coming back from, from, I, I think it had a militaristic side side, side to it. Um, and so if you, th- I mean, our salvation is when we retire, if you will, from our own work and trying to make this happen and resting in God. Whoa. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, obviously our salvation comes from the blood of Christ and, and we can talk about the New Testament side of things. But here God is saying to these folks, look, you guys think you have it all together. You're going to Egypt because you think Egypt is going to be your salvation. You're going, you know, you're trying to do all these things on your own strength. You're mm. putting up these fake crappy walls that are just going to come tumbling down. What is going to save you? from your enemies what is going to save you from your own stupidity if you will is resting and returning to me that's why i think the niv translates it repentance because yeah that returning that retirement that coming back to me the lord is what's going to be your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength we don't have to toil so stinking hard now I get it. We we all have jobs. We all have things we have to do. We have family obligations. We have work obligations. We have school obligations. But those aren't the things that are saving us. Those mm-hmm. us building our own kingdoms. Uh, there's a there's a song I can't remember the artist. I song lyrics pop into my head a lot, but um, that talks about I built my kingdom high and it needs to fall, right? Mm. Because it it can't be my kingdom, right? It's God's kingdom. If we're going to do anything, we need to work and build and 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 aim for the kingdom of God, not our own kingdom. And what does God require in his kingdom? Well, resting in him, quietness, confidence in him, strength in him, trust in him and his strength. Mm-hmm. Understanding that the the this kingdom towering uh, bulk work of, of walls 
built upon our own backs, if you will, like if we're toiling hard to get the wall built, it's going to fall down because we built it with our own strength. But if we rest in God, he's going to build the wall. That doesn't mean we can sit back and not do anything, right? There's, we've talked in the past and and I'm, I'm famous for some, not famous, but I say a lot about the pendulum, right? You gotta, you gotta have that balanced middle mm-hmm. room, right? Cause you can't say, okay, it's all my job or it's none of my job because we read in first Thessalonians, he who does not work shall not eat, right? Like don't be so lazy that you don't do anything, but understand that when you do work, it's not your kingdom. You're not building your kingdom. Your kingdom will fall. Your kingdom will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of a story. So I'm reading this this book with my ladies. Um, and she talks about her son, um, little son, so about four or five years old. And they had just gotten this huge remote control monster truck, which was probably the size of the kid. <laughs> like one of those huge yep. fancy can flip and move and and uh the little boy wanted to do it himself and so he goes full speed and the thing just zips in the road and it's running into this neighbor's yard and it's doing all these crazy donuts and the boy is terrified but he his hands are on the control and he's frozen with it in full drive and his eyes are wide and he is all power no control right he's just and she's saying just give me just give me i'll fix it right like just give me the control and i will get it back to where you want it but the boy's like he keeps holding it tighter saying no because he's the one in the control but it's going um running amok and ruining the neighbor's petunias and acting great you know so finally she has to finally take it from him and he and uh and then he's like oh it's okay now right the one who should be in control Right. is now in control and then we can all enjoy and 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 play you know but she said sometimes we do that the more mess we're in the more we hold into it and the more the more out of control it's getting the tighter we're clinging to it and god's there like i actually know what to do with this right. hand <laughs> it over get it back to where, yeah i can get it back to where i need it to go mm-hmm. but yeah that returning and that repentance and that and that just saying just be still and know that i'm god which is so hard yeah it's so hard because yeah where is the line right between being involved in the things of god and allowing god but having an open hand on it mm-hmm. but then there's all these you know there's outside forces that have an expectation mm-hmm. um and you're like and sometimes you know you can only send so many emails that just say I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> See how that goes over. Yeah. Waiting Maybe for, one or two. for a supernatural vision, vision from God to give me guidance on this issue. Yeah. I mean, I get why, you know, old saints used to wall themselves up in castle corners and stuff, you know. And the uh, solitary monk in the cave, right? <laughs> And there's there's nothing inherently wrong in in seasons of that times of that if if you can carve it out I think too intentionality we've talked about that at a number of different episodes where being intentional um, you know I feel like anytime my day goes better not perfect but my day goes better when I start it with quiet time mm-hmm. when I started in prayer when I started in scripture reading when I started in in even even meditating. 
And and it doesn't have to be like, I'm not, when I say meditating, I, I don't feel like I'm some super, super, you know, spiritual saintly like it's not a formal i'm not like right. sitting in a in a lotus pose or something where i'm like who meditate no it's like i'm walking my dog or chilling out at the park or the beach or the whatever and i'm just like hmm this scripture is crossing my mind i'm gonna chew on this a little bit because meditating in in scripture in in christian circles is to to chew on like so if think of cows chew on the cud that's what it means is to mentally chew on scripture that's what meditation wow. i was going to say in our last episode you talked about the when you see the clock being the same numbers oh yeah uh-huh. um, and i've been trying to do that and it's happened to me several times yes. and, and, and it's come into my head oh just you know take a moment to stop and just to kind of realign myself with the holy spirit and whatever's going on so um, and that's the same thing, right? Chewing on, just taking moments yep. to um, take my moments and my and days, then, let them. Flow. And I, <laughs> that's right. And I even had a cash register rig up sixty sixty, and that was like another like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> there you go. I'm telling you, the if you're looking for it, you're gonna find it. If you're looking for it and you find it, then you gotta, yeah, realign, focus, yeah. the Lord. Hey God, thank you for the day. Hey God, focus my heart, focus my thoughts, help me not want to punch this guy in the face, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever that thing is in the middle of your day. Um, Some days, man, I'm telling you. There there are days, there are days when it's a struggle. It's a challenge. People are, people are people, right? I'm sure that in my interactions with some people, they've wanted to like, just shake me and the feeling is mutual with others as well. So it's just one of those things that, you know, not, it's just, and that's the, that's the thing. If you know, like when I know I'm getting stressed out, especially at work, especially during Christmas time, it gets busy. I will leave and go for a walk real quick around the building or something, or I will take a real long, deep breath and pray. Or I, you know, I, because I got to refocus. I got to find that rest, you know, and quietness and trust in the Lord's Mm -hmm. strength and not my own. And, and often the Holy spirit is right there and he kind of fills you back up. So when you take that deep breath and you exhale, exhale, and you breathe back in and the Holy spirit's like, I gotcha. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Trust in me. Like I got this. You can get this through my strength and help my peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. This is what you need. Cause you, your peace isn't going to cut it. Your strength isn't going to cut it. Yeah. Wow. If we skip ahead uh, in this uh, verse, and I think we can kind of finish on this, um, but in verse 18 in chapter yeah. 30 of Isaiah, it says yet the Lord longs, to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice and blessed are all who wait for him. Yeah, that's where I wanted to end to just so you're thinking about all of these, you know, we're going our own way, we're building our own, you know, paper castles, we are rejecting God at every turn. And he is waiting 
patiently to be gracious to us. What? (laughs) What a God that we, that what, I mean, that just blows my tiny human brain (laughs) that he is waiting. And he says, there, there will be justice. So like, there's consequences for what you do, but, but I'm still holding you in my hand. Yeah. Right. I am. And blessing blessed are those who wait for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you keep going, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about, you know, he's going to show you the way he's mm-hmm. going to show you where to turn right. He's going to show you where to turn left. He's going to, um, and it, well, in, in verse 20 it says there's, there's the bread of adversity, right. And the water of affliction, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be moved yeah. Because I, you're on the path I've directed, right? If you just wait, <laughs> if you just wait, I am here yep. to make it right. Yep. And we can, because I don't know about you, Jenny, but I have a tendency to run my life amok, right? That's my word of the day. I've said it probably eight times. <laughs> I just, but I, but I do. I have a tendency. To just make a mess, like my Christmas example, right? Just a mess. But God is there to make it okay. And that I can learn from it and then share it, you know, whatever, 11 years later. (laughs) There you go. We do run our lives amok. We do make messes of things. That's, we just do that. But yeah, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He will rise up and show you compassion. Verse 19, it says, people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Hmm. He wants to be gracious and compassionate to us. And if we cry out to him, he will be. That's, that's, it's, it's like the kid who does wrong and cries out to mom or dad, mom or dad, help me. Um, mm. Even if in the relationship of parents to children, we get it wrong. God won't. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite Psalm is Psalm 27. And, and in it, there's a line that says, even if my mother and father forsake me, you, O Lord will not. Um, that's a paraphrase, mm-hmm. but the idea here. God hears us. If we cry out to the Lord for help, he will answer our cry. Now, it might not look how we want it to, right? There's the famous silly comment about the guy who was in a flood and he gets on the roof of his house and he cries out, oh, Lord, help me. And a, and a boat comes by and he's like, no, 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 the Lord's going to help me. And then another boat comes by. No, 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 the Lord's going to help me. And then a helicopter comes by, get on, sir, you're going to die. The waters are rising. And he's like, no, no, the Lord's going to help me. And then he ends up dying because he didn't take any of those things. And he gets up to heaven. He's like, Lord, why didn't you help me? And he said, look, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? (laughs) Right. Because the Lord hears our cries and he longs to be gracious. He longs to be compassionate and he wants to be our help. But we gotta, we gotta go to him, right? And know that whatever consequence that is laid out by the Lord is way better than any of the consequence of when our paper mountains come crashing down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> Doesn't mean it'll be so easy. good, Jenny. I can't believe we read the same chapter. That is so. so I know that is it's so just, good. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit's working, <laughs> doing his thing. Same chapter in a crazy, crazy week. Completely unrelated. Our lives are just, you know, very different. Crazy in its own set of crazy. But um, we both ended up in the same chapter of Isaiah. And there's a lot of chapters in scripture. Heck, in Isaiah, there's 66. <laughs> Isaiah is like 20 books in one book. Like, yes. It is thick. It is good stuff. It is good stuff. All right, friend. I know you've got a meeting to get to, and I've got some other things I got to accomplish today, but this was awesome. Um, Friends and family, random strangers who are listening to this. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope, I hope that today and every, every episode is a blessing to you. That's our aim. That's our goal is to, to be a positive, encouraging place uh, to talk about things and that, that occur to us, but also I'm sure uh, impact others as well. And just a place to, to have fun and talk about things. So concluding these things is always an intro. I don't know what to say at the end. Um, okay, bye. I am, <laughs> am going to say, uh, hey, God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. So we'll catch you guys next time.